Hello, welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. I'm your host, James Intercasso. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. Today, we're talking about the RPG Creators Relief Fund. Let's meet the panel, all from the board of directors at RCRF. Panelists, please introduce yourselves. Let us know who you are, what you do in the tabletop industry, and your role in RCRF. Rachel Ventura, let's start with you. Okay, um, so I am the treasurer on the board of directors for um, RPG Relief Fund and Creators Relief Fund, but I also work in the industry. I am the business director for Legendary Games, and we produce um, Pathfinder plugins for you know RPGs, so anywhere from uh, adventures to rule sets to uh, pre-gens, etc. And Hal asked me to, well, Hal kind of put it out there for uh, to see if there was an organization like this that existed. And I had some contacts on people who were interested in helping do similar things. So uh, Hal sent me uh, some information and I sent him some information. And next I knew we were doing this thing and he asked me to be the treasurer. And since I have a background in, um, I used to be an actuary and then my degree is in mathematics. I was like, well, that sounds like a perfect job for me. So I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you very much for coming on the round table today. Since you've already been mentioned, Hal Greenberg, who are you and what do you do? Uh, as you mentioned, I'm Hal Greenberg. Uh, let's go to Steve. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm the president of uh, the organization, and uh, Rachel pretty much hit it on the head. I saw through Facebook and other things how many people were struggling uh, in the industry with uh, tragedy and, and, and unusual events, fires and, you know, not your normal layoff or I'm struggling to meet bills, but fires and medical. Um, and I'm thinking of three or four or five people just in my head. And, you know, you know, I made a joke that at the beginning of the month, Hey, I might be able to give you a 25, $30, but then if you're the third or fourth person that month that needed help, or I just finished paying bills on that paycheck, I may be able to get you a 10 or 20. And at the end of the month, oh, bad time to be in an accident, man. You know, and it, was there any place that I could give money like every month to or something on a consistent basis that could kind of gather it all together and help people? And everybody said no. And then, um, that's kind of how the whole thing started. Um, and then I, I fell into having a great board of directors. I mean, Rachel being the secretary and she just gave you her background. My vice president who will be introduced in a second is Stephen, and he's a former attorney. I mean, it could not have, I, I, I was blessed by accident. So it was, it, it's been an interesting ride and um, we're learning more as we go every day, but um, you know, it's something that definitely needs to get done as far as, who I am. Um, I've been in the industry since probably right around 2000. Um, I've helped run Thunderhead Games, Mystic Eye Games, Samurai Sheepdog. Um, currently, I'm working a lot as a freelancer as well as uh, getting into uh, anthologies, uh, specifically a world we created called The Awakened. Um, it'll Its second and third book will be out next year. Uh, it's being published through uh, Dark Quest Books, and it's available on Amazon. And we're going to do an RPG that's tied into all that because that's really where my roots are from. And, you know, and it's just the whole interesting thing of getting into fiction, getting into this has been a crazy um, 
crazy couple months. And I actually had an injury as well, which is I never needed the money. Thank goodness I had great insurance, but that kind of sunk at home that we really needed some help here. So um, I'm glad to finally getting to the point that we can start talking about it. Well, I'm glad that you are doing this. And, you know, you're talking a lot about luck, but it sounds like you're a guy who's making his own luck and you have a, a big heart and a great team. So, you know, we're, we're happy to have you on today. And we're also happy to have Steve Long with us today. Steve Long, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> uh, well, I've been uh, involved in the role-playing game industry professionally for over 20 years. First as a freelancer and then as an employee for a couple of different companies and eventually as uh, one of the owners of DOJ Inc., which uh, does business under Hero Games. Um, I've, I'm best known for my work with Hero Games and the Hero System, but I've worked for most major companies in the industry at one time or another and have written or co-written about 200 RPGs and RPG supplements. My background, as Hal mentioned, is as an attorney. Um, and he and I knew one another just from generally talking about game stuff, like on Facebook. And he approached me about the possibility of setting up a charity for game designers in need. And you know, after years of seeing you know my friends and colleagues get in car accidents and have trouble, or come down with serious illnesses and have trouble, you know, I thought there was a real need for something like that, and was more than happy to be able to chip in and. You know, he was willing to make me vice president, which means, of course, that I don't actually do anything. So that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on the round table today, everyone. It's great to have you. And, you know, we like to kick things off with a fun get to know you question. Uh, and this week's get to know you question is what magical creature would you have as your pet if it existed in real life? Rachel Ventura, let's start with you. All right, so I would have a dragon, uh, but not just any dragon. My children love to watch the How to Train Your Dragon movies. And so I would have a Night Fury, um, also named, known as Toothless. Um, he doesn't, he's not too large of a dragon, has some really cool abilities, especially if you've seen the second movie. Um, so that's definitely, and he's kind of playful like a cat almost. So, and licks like a dog. So it's like all the great things you would want in a pet and he's very loyal. So I definitely would have that as my pet. Ah, that's a great choice. Love those movies. Uh, Hal Greenberg, what magical creature would you have as your pet? I My initial thought is what I'm going with. And because I tend to be a little sarcastic and I enjoy a great joke, I would choose a rust monster because that would be great to play jokes on family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody brings over this awesome thing and I can just have Rusty come over and it's now ruined or destroyed. That's How can you beat that? Here's my new car. You know what? I'm a little jealous. <laughs> so that's what I would go with. I think Rusty would be a great pet to have. <laughs> I love that you want him for the practical joke and property destruction aspects. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, what else would I use it for? I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's really all a rust monster is good for. So that, that does make perfect sense. Uh, <laughs> Steve Long, what would you pick as your magical pet? Well, I'm sort of torn between either one of those small dragons that ride around with you on your shoulder um, you know, and fetch things for you, or a griffin, because I figure a griffin, you can ride places, and no matter where you go, if you're riding a griffin, you're making an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, you travel in style when you have a griffin, no doubt, no doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> and I couldn't use Rusty against his griffin, so it's the perfect foil to my plan. 
Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. He would have a sweet ride that Rusty could never ruin. Let's get into the meat of this. We're talking about the RPG Creators Relief Fund. Uh, and before we get into where it comes from and and how you guys came up with this, let's first talk about what exactly it is. So, Hal, could you give me the lowdown? What is RCRF? Sure. It, um, it's basically a organization that will be able to, in the very near future, um, be able to allocate monies or funds to people who are creators in the industry um, um, in case of a tragic event to maybe help them overcome some of those issues. Um, one of the things about the RPG industry is, um, especially when you're a freelancer, is there's not a lot of money to be made. Um, you don't get paid uh, as an artist and you know, or as a writer a lot. And if this is all you're doing or this is what's supplementing your income, there's a reason why you're doing that. And a lot of times money is extremely tight. And the way that the healthcare or even insurance is, you could have a large deductible, uh, you know, house fire or something like that, or car accident, and there could be a lot of stuff that's not covered. Um, a perfect example is I had surgery August 5th, and I think I'm currently out of pocket around $3,000, and I have good insurance. So that's a perfect example of somebody we would like to try to help uh, if they were really struggling through those bills and not being able to successfully uh, get through that. Um, and again, it's and we made sure we made it very open that it's to creators of tabletop role-playing games. And by creators, we want to make sure we're announcing that we're including artists as well. Um, we understand their importance, not just the people who design the games, but the actual artists as well. We made sure we had some of them on our on our advisory boards and stuff as well. We have a cartographer. We have a, a bunch of people from all different areas to make sure that we're covering everybody and, and making sure that we, you know, protect as many people as we can. So how did you come up with the idea for this organization? Like I briefly mentioned the thing, I literally put it up on Facebook after the third or fourth uh, post I saw in a month of people asking for help. Um, I don't want to name specific names, but there was a couple pretty severe illnesses I saw as well as a fire in an apartment uh, you know, that where somebody's personal stuff pretty much got destroyed. Um, and I, you know, you, you can only do so much and you can only, you know, and you just feel so bad. And, and so I posted, Hey, does anyone know of, a, of a place that, you know, people could go to who are designers and creators in the industry? And the answer was no. So once a couple of people got back to me saying, no, but that's a great idea, it just, it formed and it, and it, and it gelled. And the people who I've been fortunate enough to say yes to helping us from, you know, just, I can help a little bit to being on the board of directors. Everyone's been very, very excited about it and very um, active and, and have, and have helped a lot because there's no way I would even be where I'm at right this second uh, where we're at if it wasn't for, the board of directors, um, which currently is Rick Hershey from Fat Goblin Games and Rachel from Legendary, and but that's right, and then Steven from Hero Games and stuff. Without those guys, pretty much being the backbone, you know, I, I, this would have just still been an idea. So I've got to give a lot of credit out for everyone helping and coming up with some great ideas. So Steven and Rachel, maybe you guys could tell us me a little bit about why you wanted to get involved with this project. You know, what what attracted you to this and how did you first get involved? Steven, let's start with you. 
Sure. Well, I first got involved uh, because how, like as you mentioned earlier, how I knew one another from just being in the industry. And he said, hey, I'm putting together this thing. You know, would you be interested in helping? And I said, yes, that I would be. And what specifically spurred me to want to get involved is, as you may know, over the past eight or 10 years, two or three times there have been tremendous natural disasters like Hurricane Katrina or uh, tor the you know rash of tornadoes that we had one year or Hurricane Sandy or what have you. And on several of these occasions, the gaming industry has come together, typically through a drive through RPG, and put together charity bundles that in some cases have earned, I believe, over a million dollars to support these very worthy causes. And I'm not taking anything away from them, but the, I always thought to myself, you know, there are an awful lot of people actually in our industry that are in need. Why don't we help them? You know, there's nothing wrong with helping victims of Katrina. And I don't begrudge them a cent of the money that we raised, but I'd like to think, you know, charity begins at home and it would be nice for there to be a way to provide, you know, a little bit of help, you know, whatever we can manage for people in our industry who've given us so much and helped us have so much fun over the years. Because as Hal says, you know, most of us working in this either are doing it part time or as freelancers or for very small companies. And if we have health insurance, and I've worked for many companies in the industry, and aside from Wizards of the Coast, I don't believe I've ever had a health insurance plan. So there needs to be some kind of safety net. So, you know, let's pull together and, you know, pool our respective treasure type H's and make one. Rachel, why is this cause important to you? And how did you get involved? Um, similar to what Steve had said, uh, with people being just kind of open and charitable when things have, have happened, I have seen not so much even with the Katrina or these big disasters, but just in the gaming industry, both while working with Legendary Games and with work, when I worked with Frog Games before that, I saw such charity, whether it was putting money out there for a Kickstarter where someone was like, oh, I don't need a reward. Here's just $100 or, you know, doing things on the back end of volunteering their time or effort or I mean, there's so much charity involved with gamers. Uh, I know sometimes it, the media likes to spin all the bad things about gamers and whatnot, but there's so much good and it really is astounding how much. Uh, a gamer is willing to help out another gamer. And so when Hal put it out there on Facebook and I had seen it and, and I was one of the people who commented to Hal that I was pretty sure nothing had existed, but I had, you know, uh, knowledge of people who were interested in helping out who and who have helped out in the past different companies and whatnot. And so I was like, hey, I think you should get in touch with some of these people. And so that kind of spun it. And I guess I did that more from just my willingness to help people. I, I just, I'm a little bit of a bleeding heart. So when I see someone hurting or whatnot, I, I am one of the first people to be like, hey, this is what I can do, or here's a little bit of money or, you know, whatnot. And so when Hal came back and said, okay, well, we've devised, you know, this plan of how we're going to move forward. Do you want to be a part of it? You know, I was like, well, how could I say no? <laughs> you know, so... But uh, yeah, I mean, it really is. I think that Steve really hit it on the, the head there when he talked about uh, there is a lot of charity in the world as a whole when disasters happen, but a lot of it's right here in our backyards. And instead of, you know, as Hal said every day saying, oh, here's this person, here's that person, you know, just kind of if you want to help out in general, you can 
do it either in trade with some of the product drives that we'll talk about here or just straight up donations. You can do monthly donations, one-time donations, um, and kind of help in that way. And then when, when these things do happen to some of the creators, they have that avenue to go to and say, okay, you know what, this happened. Do I qualify? Um, you know, what kind of assistance might I be able to get? And the funds would already be there. So publishers or artists and writers don't have to then turn to their fans and say, well, this happened. Can anyone help me out? You know, and then whether the fans can help or not, that, that, that doesn't have to be that moment of guilt or frustration or sadness that you can't help out or anger or whatever feeling you may have at that moment. There's a place that they can go to and find those resources. Sure. And life happens to everybody, right? You experience things that you never planned on experiencing, uh, accidents and disease and illness and death in the family, all that sort of stuff, which which can make your life pretty hard, um, is, is something even people with a lot of money uh, experience and, and have hard times with. Can you guys talk to me a little bit about sort of what it's like working within the game industry, especially if you're working freelance or you're you're not working for say a major company like Wizards of the Coast what is it like when you are a a freelance game designer or an artist is it very hard to make ends meet to begin with is it hard to find a good insurance company to pay uh how let me know uh because it clearly seems like that is the case um, you know, insurance may be a little bit hard, easier to get now with the, the way the U.S. government's working um, as far as that goes. But um, unless you have a full-time job um, that gets you good insurance, there's a good chance you're – well, first of all, as a freelancer, you're not even offered any benefits. You're basically getting paid by the word um, or however you made the deal with your – uh, with your company. Um, and a lot of times that, you know, there's been plenty of people who've written stuff and not gotten paid or the project got killed or the company. And I don't mean, I mean, it, the project never was made, not, um, or the company couldn't make it. Uh, I wrote a big blog. That's probably the most popular blog on my, on my website, which is always funny to me. It was, it was called the death of Mr. Guy games. And, and basically I explained why we stopped making books and how money is worked in this industry. It's a very weird industry, even from a publisher standpoint, which is why we're even including people who may work for larger companies. Because when you make a book, you um, send it to a, basically a, a, a third-party person who will then hopefully send it to stores. Um, you don't make your money right up. You usually get 90 to 120 days later after your book is sold to that middleman. He gets paid, and then he'll pay you the month after. So you have to pay your freelancers, you have to pay your artists, and you have to pay for the printing all up front to get paid hopefully 120 days later if the people don't return the books, if the books sell, and maybe they'll sell more. And then even then, you're only getting you know, less than you – know, usually it starts around 40% of the retail price. And then you've got to make sure you're paying all the bills and all the people. So you may, you as a publisher may even make very little money um, as far as being a publisher goes. So even on that aspect, there's potentially the, the goal would be quantity, either in items or quantity in sales to make your money. You don't make usually a lot of money on the per piece. As far as a freelancer, it goes hot and cold as well. You could have a great month and two or three books could come out at the same time or you could have, like I have, two or three pieces that I've turned in 
over six months ago, and I still don't know what's happening with those. So if you were counting on that money, that's where a problem can come in as far as just making it in the industry. Now, add to that a severe or, you know, a a quick illness to you or some, you know, or your wife or your child or a car accident or a fire, you're gone. I mean, you know, a a lot of people say they live paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. A lot of freelancers live even less than that because they don't even know when their paycheck's coming. At least a lot of people know it's coming every two weeks but if, you're, if your book got pushed back two months, a lot of times the contracts will say you'll get paid with it. You know, a lot of times it'll hopefully say you'll get paid within 30 days of when you turn in the work. Some say you'll get paid within 30 days of when the item gets printed. And if those get pushed back, everything gets pushed back. Yeah. And to add to what Hal is saying, too, uh, I've worked for two smaller companies and they – I've seen both from both companies. We do do both by pay per, let's say, item. So whether it's per word or per you know art piece kind of thing, as well as a percentage um, for the publisher who is getting their feet wet or just getting started. A percentage is a safer bet because everyone shares in the profits. So like Hal was saying, if I send the book off to the distributor and he sends it to the game stores and it doesn't sell, and the distributor wants to send it back to me, well, we made zero money. So guess what? Nobody gets paid. Anything. Um, that's a lot. That's a, it's very risky also for the writer and the artist. Um, however, your gains can be so much more as well. Because if we send that off and it's the best, you know, book ever and it makes a hundred thousand dollars and everybody makes a higher percentage of that, that's gonna be well over, you know, what you would have gotten as a flat rate. Uh, but it's a big it's like gambling almost. You know, you're putting a lot of risk onto it for a big payout, but if the if the payout never comes, it can be really, really small. Uh, and so that it, that can be hard, you know, but like Hal said, you got to keep working. So if, if I'm an artist and one company offers me a flat rate, that's great. I take it. I know exactly what it is. But let's say I'm, I don't have another flat rate r- lined up for the next uh, month or two. And I have these percentage ones that might help fill the gap, even if, um, you know, I'm only getting three percent on an art piece or something but I'm going to get paid that monthly for a year or two years or whatever your contract is based sometimes for the lifetime of the product um that little bit of money that I get each month that fifty dollars or that you know whatever it is that comes in that could be a big difference between me paying my bills and me not paying my bills for people who are buying these products, people who work outside the industry but who enjoy these products, why should they care about this issue? How does this directly affect them? Stephen? Well, I think, you know, if we're talking about you know, gamers, the fact is that one of the things that keeps the gaming industry alive is that there are professional creative people who produce the material we use to game with. You know, if it weren't for people like you know, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, and then all the rest of us who followed in their footsteps, we wouldn't have this hobby. And so if you care about you know, keeping the industry healthy, then sometimes it's good to literally help keep the people who create the industry healthy. <laughs> you know, the sort of one of our little mottos or taglines is the RCRF helps creators keep creating. And that really is, I think, at the heart of our mission. Uh-huh. I mean, the truth is it it really, when I look at the number of, friends that I have in, you know, that I met through the role-playing game industry over the past 20 years who are now working in the computer game field primarily, not creating tabletop role-playing games, these incredibly talented people 
could do such amazing things with the tabletop RPG art form, but the blunt truth is there's not enough money in it to keep most talent, you know, the, the top talent around. If the top talent needs money to, you know, keep his kids fed or, you know, buy herself a home or whatever it is that he or she wants to do, you know, and I mean, that's a sad economic reality. And we're not going to change that. But I think that if the RCRF can ease the burden of, you know, disasters and, you know, health mishaps at least a little bit, maybe we can help someone who would otherwise have to leave the RPG industry and go get a job doing virtually anything because anybody with the talent to make an RPG can probably get a job outside the tabletop RPG field making more money. You know, <laughs> yes, if we can keep them in the RPG field, then ultimately we all benefit. A rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's right. We all win. I mean, that's the bottom line is we're all fans as well. I mean, Part of the reason why I think a lot of us, you know, we say you don't make a lot of money is a lot of times the money you make, you may be putting back into the industry itself by buying other people's products because you love the games. Um, so, you know, people were, were the fans as much as we are, you know, publishers, writers, freelancers as well. And I do want to really stress that this isn't something where someone can come to because they're $300 short of getting to Gen Con or they need gas money to go somewhere. This is going to be. I have a heart issue and I suddenly got put in the hospital. Um, a cold got to pneumonia and I got put in the hospital. I have a fire. I mean, this is going to be true tragic events where they may not have a home to go back to or a computer to go back to. So like Stephen said, we may not have a game from this person for the next year or two or ever if they need to move on to something else or go to a retail job and they're too tired because they're working 60 hours a week to make the product they, you, you know, they promised or, or, you know, whatnot. Um, you know, and this isn't for somebody who's on medicine on a regular basis. Again, it's to help people who are in a spot that they don't know if they can get back out of. Hopefully we can make that a little bit easier for them, um, you know, through us. And I do want to reiterate that the actual website to go check us out is the rcrfcharity.org. And I'm sure we'll say it before the end again, but you can read a little bit about the board directors. You can read some of the people who are involved, um, you know, on the advisory board as well as, uh, you know, as well as the other boards. Um, and just learn a little bit about what we're about as well if you don't catch everything, uh, you know, in the, in the podcast. What is the plan for this organization moving forward? How, what, ideally, what would you like to see? Uh, be the way that RCRF works? Well, what I'd like to do and what we're on the verge of doing and within the next, I'm hoping within the next week to 10 days, we'll have our first bundle at um, Drive Through RPG and RPG Now um, where people can purchase some very high quality games from some great publishers um, and all that money will be coming directly to us. And once we get enough money in our pot so to speak we're going to open the door for applications where you don't have the application stage open right now although it's ready as soon as we can turn it on but we need money in order to accept the applications there's nothing more depressing than having an issue applying and then being told we don't have money to take care of you um but what our goal will be is to bring out bundles you know on a monthly basis two month basis you know whatever we can bring out bundles of product you know for that people to donate money and then they can get a product if they want to do it that route or just directly donate through us right through our website. There's a donate here 
uh, directly through PayPal. Everything's all set up. Uh, the future is going to be, um, we're hoping to be able to eventually get on Amazon and eBay where you can donate a percentage of your uh, auction to the site, you know, to us. And as well as every time you buy an Amazon, uh, the Smiles program, um, those are projects we're looking uh, forward to and hopefully going to get on board with. And then, of course, we'll announce all that. Um, do some live auctions, hopefully have some conventions maybe who donate some of their proceeds to charity, take us as one of their charities. We're trying to work on that as well. Um, but the bottom line is what we want to do is help as many people in this industry to be able to keep going and creating uh, so we can get more games because the bottom line is, and I know you're the same way, James, is we love games and we love the people who make them. And right. they're great people. I mean, you know, I've been in many different industries and jobs or whatever. And as much as I laugh and enjoy those guys, I don't nearly enjoy, even if it's an hour talk or a 20 minute talk, as I do with the general people who I've worked with and met and became friends with, like Stephen said, in this industry, there's something about this industry where 95% of the people are awesome. And it is great to be able to hopefully get to the point to where you can give back and give back on a continual basis because right. I want the awesomeness to continue. Yeah. To piggyback off of what Hal said, too, about the bundles and the products. So this is one of these um, situations where the publishers are literally helping themselves possibly in the future. So the products that we are getting are from, directly from the industry. Our sponsors and donors are other game designers, other artists, other publishers who have come together and say, yes, we support this cause. We think it's important. This is something we need. And they're the ones who are donating the product, you know, 100% profit to um, the RCRF and then even drive through, uh, has offered to help us set it all up so that we get the most profit. So then I'm not stuck paying, you know, all types of high percentage fees and things like that, just to get this into the hands of gamers. So we have quite a few sponsors already. Um, and if other RPG, uh, industry folk, whether it's a writer or an artist or a publisher want to help out, they can contact us and we can get them on future bundles, they can become a sponsor by either donating product, time, money, et cetera, and they, and they can contact us directly. And like Hal said, we take direct donations. So we hope to have a running tally of people's names um, who donate uh, besides just the sponsor logos for some of the companies that help us. So what kind of things can we expect to see in these charity bundles? Are you guys allowed to talk about that yet? You know, What sort of products are we going to see? Uh, sure. I, I'm probably going to mess it up. Give me a second. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go into specific details on what they're donating, but I can say that the first bundle and it's going to, and I can lead into what some of our thoughts are on the future bundles is um, we've got a very big project uh, product from Jonathan Nelson and his company, Rachel is adventure a week games. Oh yeah. AEW games, AEW games.com. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> And then we've got a couple pieces from Cobalt, which is Wolfgang, um, who I know you're, you're familiar with. And um, thanks to, also to Wolfgang, I should say publicly, for introducing us to you. So um, he gets double kudos. Um, yes, we've got yeah, a couple he's things. the best. He's the best. Yeah, we, we've got a couple things from Cobalt Press, which I think is cobaltpress.com. We've got a couple projects from RGG, which is Rogue Genius Games, which I think is rgg.com. But you can find them all on 
drive through. Um, and then we also have um, Total Party Kill Games is giving us something. And Alyssa Faden, who is a very, very talented cartographer um, and also on our advisory board, has donated a couple maps. And what my thinking is and what I'm hoping to do is I think eventually we're going to get into themes. But at the moment, what I also want to do is make sure that publishers may be interested in some of these as well. So having the maps available, I'm hoping will interest some people. I'm hoping that artists maybe will stand up and donate some pieces of art. So that way, if you're a publisher of a, you know, and you want a couple pieces of art, you might be able to donate and get a benefit. So, and this time it tends to be steered towards Pathfinder primarily, but that's not what we're doing. I'm hoping that in the future we'll be able to at least have one or so products that will also be some other system. Uh, I mean, there's so many out there, you know, besides Pathfinder, you know, there's, I mean, we have hero just in house, we have hero. And then I've worked on some castles and crusade stuff for troll Lord games. So I'm hoping well, and we, we also get- have, um, lone wolf development has, is one of our sponsors. They've agreed to help us with, so there may be some products of theirs coming down the line. D20 Pro um, is the same thing. They're one of our sponsors. Ian World is one of our sponsors. Um, Seattle Circle Games is one of our sponsors. So these are all kind of non... Oh, and Gaming Paper with Eric Hour. He's also one of our yeah. sponsors. So there are some other um, non-Pathfinder uh, type companies that are, have sponsored us as well. So we, like Hal said, we expect to see a variety of products coming down the pipeline. And as, as we get going, I can only imagine that we would be able to diversify even more. Yeah. And we will have, hopefully when the eBay thing gets up, or if we get enough people with physical product, you know, maybe once or twice a year, we'll even do an auction on eBay. Uh, directly through the charity. I know I have some stuff kind of saved up here, some original art, and I know that Rogue Genius is going to stand up and give us some, and I'm sure other people will as well, Um, just either unique product or signed product or a rare product, and hopefully we can generate that. So if you're more into physical books, keep an eye on the site as well, because I'm hoping we'll be able to satisfy that craving as well. Wow. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty excited just hearing about all the different products, you know, that, that you can get and knowing that it's going to go to a good cause is, you know, that makes the deal even sweeter. Uh, and I know you talked about this a little bit already, Hal, but if people want to throw some shekels your way, just cause they have big hearts and you know, they, they don't want anything in return. What's the best way for them to do that? Oh, if they want a mitzvah, they should come our way. Um, the best <laughs> way to do it is to go to our, uh, to go to the webpage and it's rcrfcharity.org and right at the top, right at the bottom and on every single page, it says donate here. We do accept PayPal. Um, I know that we will also accept personal checks. If that's a concern of yours, you can email us directly and we'll give you an address. Um, we're set up and in the process of getting our official thumbs up that we're a uh, five Oh, I should mention that we're in the process of getting our 501 C. C three, I think, is what it yeah, is. 501 yeah, five hundred one C three. Yeah, which is <laughs> you got which a means lawyer we're and actuary over there. <laughs> exactly, which means we're tax deductible, and we have the attorney working on that as we speak. And as soon as we're official, is kind of when we can go to Amazon and to eBay and approach all those. So while the while the paperwork is in and it's technically in or near the IRS's hands, he hasn't officially heard anything back yet to say okay we've gotten our pre-auth, you know, now we're just waiting for the auth. And I'm hoping that'll show up any day now where we'll kind of have that, where we can go with that and kind of, and that's, we're very excited about that. So I wanted to mention that all of the money donated goes towards the purpose of the charity. 
all of us on the board of directors and all of the people on the separate board that will actually consider the applications are working entirely on a volunteer basis. You know, we have a few minor administrative expenses, but other than that, every penny goes towards or is going to go towards helping to fulfill our mission. It's all going directly to creators in need as opposed to, for example, you know, being eaten up by administrative expenses or, you know, everybody in the chain of production taking their own well-deserved cut. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, we're bypassing the middleman and going straight to you, so to speak. And we will, and our Facebook page is constantly being updated um, as well, just so you guys are aware. And we do have some people who are also giving a percentage of royalties on some of their products sold through drive through directly to us as well. And we always put those links on our web, on our Facebook page, in addition to obviously putting up as a sponsor. So that way you can constantly check there to see if, hey, there hasn't been a bundle up in a couple of weeks, but I want to get something. You may see, hey, this guy's giving a percentage of all their of, of all the profits over to. And it's a very easy way to do that for them. And so some people want to do more than just give us a bundle or give us a little bit of money. They want to kind of see continual money coming through. Um, and people have been extremely positive and extremely generous with their ideas uh, as well as their product. And like I said, once I think we open the doors and show the bundle out, I think we're going to get, I'm hoping publishers will be very happy with that and will approach us and we'll have so much stuff that will have people literally on a waiting list and bundles ready just to kit, kind of push buttons to always give people something fresh uh, or new to, to the organization as far as that. Um, I know it's not all about the free stuff, but that sure does help, you know. All right. So let's see. You guys have a Facebook page. The web page is rcrfcharity.org. And where else can people reach out to you? Uh, we do have a Twitter account, I believe. Uh, we haven't done too much. It's just linking directly from Facebook, but it is there if someone is a strict Twitter follower. Um, but I would say either the Facebook group or the website is one of the best ways to get in contact us. And what is the Twitter account? It's actually, it's RCRF, Inc. at RCRF Charity. We will link all of your guys' contact information uh, in the uh, show notes so people can reach out, throw some shekels your way, hopefully. Um, and if people have comments or questions, they're more than welcome to send, you know, this is Hal, send a direct email or a Facebook message to me asking a question. I'm the first one to say, if I don't know the answer, I'll ask the guys. But that way, if, you know, they can funnel them to one person first, because I might be able to quickly answer it, um, I'll be more than happy to take that burden on. Or if, like you said, if there's a question about, can I send a check or what else can I do? Or this is a great idea. How can I help? Um, you know, you're more than welcome to find me on Facebook and send me a message. Or um, I think my email for the charity is hal at rcrfcharity.org. Wow, that's yeah, I think that goes for all of us. We're none of us are, you know, hiding under a rock. I think we can you can track us down if you need to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and we'll answer any questions, you know, that we can or or you know, and we're more than happy to accept help. We're we're very happy with who's helped now, but I know that our circle at the moment is small, so we're and we know we're gonna get bigger and bigger. So we're very excited and we really love and we appreciate the fact that you're helping spread the word out. We love the industry and we want to make sure it thrives. And this is one little way that we can hopefully help keep it moving forward. Amazing, guys. Well, as you said, that the people in uh, the gaming industry are 
95% really awesome. You guys are definitely the top three. Uh, so <laughs> thank you very much for bringing your big hearts to the roundtable today. If people do want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to reach you, Rachel? Uh, they can reach me at, okay, it's, I got to spell it out, rfvrpg at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook. I have a public profile, so you can find me there. I am on Twitter. And then uh, Legendary Games, there is uh, our web, our main website there is makeyourgamelegendary.com. And you can get, get messages through, to me that way as well. Excellent. Steve Long, how can people find you? Um, the easiest way would be to find me on Facebook, probably, as Stephen S. Long. Uh, but my website is www.stephenslong.com. Not too hard to remember. Um, and, you know, you're welcome to drop me a line anytime to ask about RCRF stuff or, you know, talk about my other work or ask general questions about the role-playing game industry. Excellent. And Hal Greenberg, what's the best way for people to contact you? Uh, Facebook at how I think it's under Hal Greenberg and you'll see my ugly mug and, uh, and you know, so that you can tell it's me compared to a serious person. Um, you can reach me directly at my personal email as well, which is green Hal G R E E N H A L at gmail.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter under Hal Greenberg, you know, and like I said, personal stuff, question, dumb question. There is none of that for us. If anyone thinks of something to even improve or you find a spelling error on the site, I mean, we're that open and we're that comfortable. We've been doing this long enough to where we've all gotten the great emails and we've gotten the terrible ones. We're big boys so and big girls. so We all um, have the thick skins necessary to be a creator in the world of the internet. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, no questions too big or too small. We really appreciate, you know, people like you, James, who are taking the time out and, 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 and kind of, like I said, help spreading the word because right now that's our advertising, you know, is spread a word uh, and spread a mouth and, and Facebook and, you know, and getting the word out about us because it's not like we have commercials on TV or, or banners rotating over at the big sites. Although um, EN World did say they're going to help us with that. So once we get some banners up with the bundles, uh, Morris over there. So I want to make sure we, he gets credit. I, he's going to help us with getting some banners up there as well. So hopefully that'll get that crowd uh, moving as well. So uh, we really appreciate the time you've taken to let us tell you a little bit about our, our stuff, our yes. goodies. Yes, of Absolutely. course. And uh, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is right after this podcast. So I'm, I'm going to be going to rcrfcharity.org and uh, donating. Uh, and guys, come awesome. on. Awesome. Thank you, James. Oh, of Thank course. You. Of course. And if Morris and Wolfgang are on board, listeners, you should be on board, too. That's all you really <laughs> need to know. Okay. And, well, uh, we won't, and we won't name drop, but some of our panelists are Bruce Cordell, Ed Greenwood, Wayne Reynolds. So we've got some other people in the industry who are willing to help. They're just not on the board talking about it, but they're they're helping. So this definitely is not a couple of who's. If you don't know who we are, which you understand and respect, you probably will be able to identify at least one or two people who are associated with us at the moment with more to come. Yeah, and if you don't know who these guys are, get to know them. They're pretty nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> And... Uh, I just want to let the listeners know if they have a question or topic they'd like to hear discussed on the roundtable, they can reach out to me on Twitter at James Intracasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Or they can leave us a comment on the Tome Show's website, thetomeshow.com. And a quick shameless plug for me, they can check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age. It's the fifth edition world that I'm building. It's at worldbuilderblog.me. 
Okay, everyone, thanks for listening, and thanks to Rachel, Steve, and Hal. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. And if you like the show, please rate The Tone Show on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to The Roundtable. 